This is Guy Sedell, bringing you stories from people with dirt. Stories from the good, the shady, the honorable, and the bastards. I bring to you the Dirt Pod Podcast. Because we can agree metal sucks shit. Fuck you. Welcome to the Guy Seidel Dirt Pod Podcast, Episode 5. Uh, today we are talking rock. I have my buddy, comedian Marcus, in here, who is a big rock fan, metal fan, and then we have radio legend Alan Handy from the Mick and Alan uh, Freak Show on K-Bear 101. How many, how many years have you guys been doing that? Holy hell, that's got to be uh, 91, 25 years. 25 years, wow. Stop it. That's crazy, because you're yeah. only 34. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there was a weird uh, time warp there, like like a wrinkle, <laughs> <laughs> a wrinkle in time, <laughs> a wrinkle. Uh, yeah, this is this is fun. I was really looking forward to this podcast because I typically uh, I, I'm not I'm not a journalist. I'm not a a a uh, anything like that. But I do know how to talk uh, music and rock and roll. So that's kind of one. I want to ask you guys some questions. I know Alan, you probably got some good stories. First of all, I want to ask. What was your guys' first concert? Mark, what was yours, Marcus? First official uh, first official concert. Wait, wait, as in no, there were non-official ones? Well, when I was like nine years old, I was really into this vocalist named Roger Whitaker. I don't know if I you... I love Roger Whitaker. Yeah, Roger Whitaker. Until Gary yeah. Mountain. He was this great yeah. Irish tenor, and he would whistle. And I went, and my dad took me to see him in a, at a Bravenel That's Hall. cool. And, and it was really neat. My grandpa in the in the Chrysler Cordoba would play the Roger Whittaker. I, he was great. He had those weird on the mountain. Yeah, he had that great deep voice. Yes. But I but in when I was in ninth grade, I went and saw Digital Underground Ooh. out at the fairgrounds back when that was a thing. Wow! And I was too young, in my dad's opinion, to be dropped off. So my dad, me, and two other friends, so four of us, went to the concert. And my dad sat there on his chair with a with a with a flashlight and headphones on, reading a computer magazine <laughs> for two hours while You're all kidding. of the F's and the N's were were being thrown around. And my dad just like literally tuned it all out, sat there and read about computer parts, wow. and sat through this hardcore gangster rap. Cause I know it sounds like a digital underground, but they they had some language, especially for my father, who's now currently serving an adult LDS mission. Just so you know, who he turned into. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, that's the story. of That's the effect Shock G had on him. So the Digital Underground <laughs> didn't affect him at all. No, not at all. Not at all. Wow, that's crazy, because I'll go to, to shows with my kids. Right. All the, I mean, I've been to Hillary Duff. I've been to uh, Bowling for Soup. I've been right. to, I mean, I've been to every show as they grew up, uh, you know, I mean. Ho- hopefully uh, their taste the, has gotten better since yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> But you're yeah, a little yeah, bit like you're kind of like you're a hip dad. You've always been in radio and rock, and you've always you got the long hair. You got Tad. My dad is five foot seven, the whitest, sweetest Mormon man you've ever seen in your life. But it, but there's always still something good. Something positive can come from something. Yeah, from everything. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> no, I've met your not. dad. I'm surprised he wasn't like kind of like tapping his foot and enjoying it because he's just that like optimistic, happy <laughs> kind of dude. Yeah. No, he was just happy to read his computer magazine. But that was my first. That was my first like concert. You know, real but, concert. But but going to Roger Whitaker was my first music live musical wow. experience. And I was gonna say, and most guys that I know, and and nothing bad at all, but that that are on the Mormon mission now or whatever, mm-hmm. they have a, a guilty pleasure. So maybe his. In those moments where you don't see him, his digital underground in his headphones, and, he, and you have no idea. He's on the mission, jumping. Like, bumping, <laughs> I know, no, no, I know no what my dad's is. To be honest, I know what my dad's is. Uh, oh, you do? It's Bones. What? My dad loves, I don't, like, it's the weirdest thing. My dad loves Bones. Bones. The, the, the show, Bones. Oh, I, I thought you meant Bones, Thugs, and Yeah, I was like, no, that's not, not bone, that bones. far off. No, he <laughs> loves the show Bones with the weird-looking girl and the guy who find Bones. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's, he doesn't buy, he'd buy all the seasons of that. He doesn't buy anything else. It's weird. Huh. My See, dad loves there's Bones. There's always that one thing. Yeah. yeah. What, what, but you what wouldn't yours? expect. My first concert uh, that I bought a ticket for that I was so excited about, we were, I mean, me and my friend were like, I can't believe April Wine is coming. April Wine. So April Wine was coming to, this is when I lived in Michigan, and they were coming to the uh, Michigan State University, I can't remember which room it was, but they were playing in kind of this big, big room, and so we got tickets, we were so excited, and we get there, and I, I guess it's your first show, you don't really look at the map and figure out exactly where you are <laughs> in the in the building last row 
upper deck <laughs> against the back wall, so, and it was still the coolest thing. So I, it was kind of like July wine by the time. Kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> by the time all the sound yeah. got there, it was like. Uh, but but you ever seen April wine? No. Back in the day, Jerry Mercer, their drummer. They're, he uh, just died. He's yes. old as fuck. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize this. Because April Wine were popular in the early 80s. Like 82 is, I think, Sign of the Gypsy Queen. And yeah. Just between you and me. Well, their drummer, he died, and he was like 78. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. So I went and did some math. That might be an exaggeration. I think he was like maybe 72 or 3. But I'm like, that means this fucker was like in his 40s. Yeah, then. Then. Yeah. 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 Google, Google uh, or YouTube one of his uh, drum solos. Jerry Mercer, April Wine drum solo. Coolest thing you'll ever see. The dude, the dude would do a one-handed drum roll. And then he'd hold his other hand up, and then he'd bring his left hand down and do the drum roll with his left hand, and then he'd bring the and then without he, losing without losing any. It didn't, and you're just like, wow, this How is cool, hell? yeah. And yeah. so it was UFO and April Wine. That was UFO, my first show. Michael wow. Shanker UFO. Yes. Oh wow. Yes. Yeah. First wow. show. That's pretty impressive. And you know, my second show. I was just talking about this last night with my wife. We were talking, uh, seeing Ozzy Osbourne, Blizzard of Oz, with Randy Rhodes. You saw Randy Rhodes. Saw Randy Rhodes. Wow. Yeah, that, that that is some legend shit. There, not was, many people can say that. That was one of the cool shows where you, as I mean, I was probably ninth grade, tenth grade ish, and you're going to the show, and there are people out in front with picket signs. You're going to hell. You're, I mean, literally with scriptures on them. And, that was and, when Ozzy was the yes, devil. Yes, yes, yeah. and and so you go in, and and, and you're this kind of you know this kid, and you're kind of freaking out, and you're like, oh. What if I'm going, am I going to hell? Is, <laughs> is, if funny. I go through this door, am I going to hell? And then you go through and you're like, okay, I'm okay now. And then you yeah. sit there and you wait for the show and it's, you know, the music's playing and you're like waiting for the show. Because this is only my second show and we were much closer this time. Right. And there was actually a curtain. The curtain opens and there's Ozzy sitting on a throne with a cross upside down. <laughs> an upside down giant cross like a sword. And I'm like, oh, yep, I'm in hell, right? I'm going to hell. Was that- It's over. Was that the backdrop that was like a castle? Yes. Ah, damn and it was, it. I'm and so it, jealous. And it was the show that the that the can we say midget guy, the little midget guy yeah. in in the little like the druid guy yeah, in the in yeah. the hood was would run around the stage and he'd chase him and then and then at the end of the show he went to the top and then Ozzy hung him and he's hanging there. <laughs> Did you ever see any of this stuff? I oh. didn't see that, but I, yeah, I heard about it. I heard that that the midget guy was one of the. Uh, like I don't know, a roadie or something. Yeah, and then he would just here put this put this Ewok suit <laughs> and he'd just on, chase he would, him around. He would carry smaller things right. for the band. <laughs> you know what? Funny. Funny. You're, yeah, you're in charge of strings and picks. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two drumsticks. <laughs> I can't be bothered to carry anything else, Ozzy. <laughs> you think he was a British midget? Yeah. Well, we had to be, right? <laughs> Mr. Aldridge, your snare drum That's, stand is broken. Right, all midgets should be British midgets. They it should. should. They should all have magical powers and speak in British accents. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you just imagine all the Oompa Loompas had British accents? They oh, had yeah. to. Yeah. I, they had know, to. It's funny when you say that because um, when I was in high school... And you may have you may have gone to the you may have gone to the same concert ninety four when Nine Inch Nails came and brought Marilyn Manson and they picketed and protested so much that they did, he they, he wasn't allowed to perform. He, well, he ripped up a Book of Mormon. Yeah, I, I have yeah. a related. Oh, story, that was the Marilyn on. Manson one out at the at the at Saltaire. Yeah, no, it was, it was at, like Club Deviate or something. No, 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 it was it downtown. Was, it was at the it was downtown. It was at the the. Delta Center at really? the time. Really? 1994. Okay. It, was, it okay. was Nine Inch Nails on the Downward Spiral Tour. And I remember it so well because we walked in and, and it was before G, uh, Antichrist Superstar came out. It okay. was when um, the Portrait of American Family album was out. Mm-hmm. And Manson, Twiggy Ramirez, and the, the other people that were in the band were sitting in the sound booth. Like on the floor, just right there on the floor sound booth, hanging out. And we just walked right up and just started talking to him. And we're wow. just like, I'm a 17-year-old kid and I'm like, hey, M- Mr. Man. And one one of the guys, Daisy Berkowitz, who was their current guitarist, they all had the weird like murderer woman names. Right. He he can't, he took a liking to us and was talking to us and and he said, hey, you know, you guys come back after the show and let me meet Trent and everything. We were like, that's amazing. I doubt you'll do that. And then you're right. He got on stage and with Reznor and tore up a Book of Mormon and yeah and then and then. Reznor sang his Your God is Dead song, mm-hmm. and then I guess he went backstage and just trashed the backstage. And so we're hanging out after the show, hoping that somebody's going to come out and say, and here comes Daisy walking down the aisle, right? Yeah. And he kind of looks all like tail between his legs and he goes, hey guys, um, yeah, we're not going to be able to hang out because <laughs> this is true. This is fucking true. He goes, we're not going to be able to hang out because Trent trashed the back and they're making us clean it up so we can't leave yet. And I was like, what the fuck? 
<laughs> image just i imagine manson back there sweeping like man we always gotta do the fucking trick <laughs> yeah it was the funniest damn thing one day we'll be big enough yeah we, he, so we'll so we clean up what we trash man <laughs> i'll trash something he got banned for 10 years for that for, for tearing up the Book of Mormon, just like Ozzy did on the Alamo. Well, when he came back in 2009, I went to the Saltaire uh, to see Manson. Killed. This is before he was a fat, drunk slob that he is now. The one we saw together. Uh, yeah, which was Ugh. terrible. But I saw him in 2009. He came back. Killed. Awesome show. At the end of the show, he... Uh, grabs a Book of Mormon, lights it on fire, and says, see you in 10 years, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously that didn't stick, because he's it been here many stick. times. Yeah, he's yeah. Been there since. And then the next time we came out, uh, that's when I went with you, and he was a train wreck. You was that the one zombie. before Zombie? Yeah. yeah. And it was, he. there was a part where, and he literally, and we were singing the dope show, and he goes, we're all starting now. He did that. That was the lyrics. He did. And I I could not. He could. He sat down in the Pope's outfit. He was just sitting. Remember that? Just sitting on the stage. Didn't give a fuck. The hat is heavy. And I remember. Yeah. yeah. And and (laughs) Zombie was pissed. You could tell Zombie came out like, all right, guys. We're doing a show here, dipshit. Yeah. I guess they got into it on that tour, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. He he would go out and trash Manson every night. Yeah, Yeah. I read something about that. But he came again, didn't he? And he sucked again. So it's like he's. Yeah, I've seen, him, I've seen him at uh, USANA, tw- I would say twice within the last... Right. Yeah, because he came he, back Oh, he came back with Alice Cooper. That's right. That is, yeah. That's right. And it was, and it was, it was like awful. A couple years in a row, yeah. Yeah, but man, that guy was dangerous in the 90s. What a badass. And then now he's just like, I'm Brian Warner. He just did an interview the other day when he was talking about basically the whole thing where they pinned, or not pinned, but kind of said that what happened in, in Colorado at Columbine was really... You know, when they were, they were blaming him, his music, his lyrics, and he said that ruined his career. It changed everything. That was the point where he went, "What have I done? Or who who am I really?" And that's where he's out there, just like I don't. He uh, I, I don't have it anymore. Well, and every one of his. I mean, if you look, like you said, I I would say "dangerous" is a very good term for Antichrist Super. That album, it was it was raw. Oh, yeah. It was intense. It, it's it's really amazing to listen to as a concept album from beginning to end, but. After that, it was like then it's a glam. I'm a glam rock, and now I'm a I'm a this rock. He, he, you're right. He was like constantly searching for a new persona, so mm-hmm. nobody could stick anything on the old one. Well, well and that's where to me, when you look, when you can see a, a, an artist that that can keep it right for an extended period of 10, 20, 30, whatever years where you go, wow, they still have it. How who, that's amazing. Who has? I mean, I know some yeah. people have because Manson, like he he. You can't be 45 and still be the scary guy. No. It just right. doesn't work. But like there has there have been people who have still have aged. I mean, and to me, I mean, and I know he hasn't been I mean, but I guess he has been since the early 90s, but Rob Zombie was a guy that and, and White Zombie came out and right. was just like, "Holy hell, this is this Thunder Kiss. Wow, cool." Yeah. And then it just kept going and kept going and, and kept stop. going and it and even when you saw him this last time, it's like, "Yeah, he's pretending to be the scary right. guy, but it's like that's his shtick. That's his thing. Nobody he, else does it." He didn't go as far as Manson to like cutting himself and right. and, and all that stuff. Right. So now he's he he, he like, maintained a steady And you level. can tell he's having fun with it. Like, I'm doing this, but I, I know I'm real. Because like that that show, I don't know if I ever told you this story, but that show, uh, we got a chance to take some listeners backstage, and, and, and Cooper had already done some stuff, so we didn't get to meet him, but, but Zombie was there. And we're hanging out, people getting pictures, take, you know, saying hi to him, and he was just really, and he's such a nice, right. personable guy. Seems like it. And I walk up to him, I'm like, hey, how's it going? He's like, good, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I was so funny, I was just watching... Uh, Halloween 2 last night with my daughter. And he goes, oh, right on. And he goes, how old's your daughter? And I go, 14. And he goes, 14? That's fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) And I go, wait, Rob Zombie just told me. (laughs) Rob Zombie just told me I'm fucked up. (laughs) You know, Rob Zombie's one of those guys, though. It makes so much sense that if you look at his career, because, you know, seeing him so affected and uh, by kind of that B-movie horror genre, and then actually being able to to cement himself in that as a director, and then coming back to music with this idea of what visual storytelling is. So when you see him live, and I'll I'll be fair, that that zombie show he put on, it's unbelievable because Mm -hmm. he's looking at it from production design, from the way it's going to photograph, the way it's going to look on screen. He is a complete artist. What's cool, though, too, is that 
even without all that stuff, that's what his music is. Right. Because yeah. when you listen to his music yeah. and you hear the drops like that. that are in it and you hear the, the production that's in it and the the, you know, it sounds like the... a guy's spinning the radio dial and the, I mean stuff, you're just like, you can see all that in your head. Right. And then when he actually brings it on stage and you're like, oh my gosh, this is cool. I will say yeah. though, he gets, a, he gets a little too much because the, the basic Rob Zombie song is three things. It's three categories. It's a woman of some kind which Gr- woman groaning she, and grunting uh, with with um, a monster? It's either Dracula or werewolf or alien or something. and then yeah. a car, right? And it's like <laughs> werewolf Chevrolet in the waiting driving down the street and she's looking fine going to Jupiter with a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great song. You just, you just wrote the next zombie. Yeah, album. the next album's done. Yeah, that's, yeah. but it's the same. But it's yeah. the same. Then you do that, right? <laughs> But at the same time, yeah. what do dudes like? Cars, Cars chicks, and, and monsters. monsters yeah. right? It's just it's why horror movies work. Boobs, yeah. b- boobs, blood, and yeah. Zombies, yeah. zombies doing what Kiss wishes they could do. And yeah. I, I know I'm sacrilege here because Alan's a, a the no. Giant I'm a Kiss huge man. Kiss. By, by the way, I don't know if I, I put on Instagram yesterday, the Mick and Alan Instagram. I was at a at a remote yesterday. And the guy brought out, he goes, hey, I know it's hot out here. Here's some, here's some Cokes. He brought those little teeny, I don't know what they are, the little seven-ounce yeah, Coke yeah, yeah. cans. And he brings them out. And I'm like, thank you. And the three he gave me, I swear to God, said, love, kiss, smiley face. Really? <laughs> so I took a picture nice. of him. like, sometimes the stars align. I was like, wow, are you kidding me? Uh, I remember, I remember your wife texted me one time. She's like, hey, I want to I get Alan, or I can't remember, get Alan or make Alan kiss cornhole. What are they called? Cornhole boards. Cornhole boards. Yeah. I was going to say, when you think of Paul Stanley, the other cornhole comes yeah. to mind, I'm probably... You know what's Hello. funny? I remember I was with you uh, backstage fellow. at Clutch, and I felt... This was my proudest comedic moment ever. I love Clutch. They're one of my favorite bands. And me, you, and Amber are back there talking to Neil Fallon, and he says, yeah, we're going to Vegas tomorrow. We're going to the Kiss Miniature Golf Course. <laughs> and I said... I said, yeah, I bet one of the, uh, I bet one of the uh, courses is you have to knock the golf ball in the closet that Paul Stanley's hiding in. <laughs> and I got, a, I got a big laugh out of Neil Fallon, and I'm like, fuck yeah, we're going to be best friends now. I'm going on tour with Clutch. <laughs> That's you know, all it I, takes, right? You I just got to make them laugh. I do yeah. have a good story about Paul Stanley. Ye- years ago, and this was in the no-makeup years, the, you know, the, the 80s. <laughs> Well, he still had a little bit of bass on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did. A little bit of bass. We, got, I did, we were doing a show called uh, Rock Utah at the time. I don't know if you ever saw that, but uh, we did a show, and I mean, it was on for a couple of years, and, and we'd get to go backstage and meet rock stars, and Kiss was in town, so we met, met, talked to their management, got to go back, film. Who was, who was the band? Uh, it was the... It was the uh, Revenge it was era? Tom, uh, I'm trying to think, but it was the Tommy Thayer, uh, Eric Singer... Was there Bruce Kulik, Eric Singer. No, it's Kulik. Kulik. Yes, it Kulik? was Kulik. Okay. Yes, and uh, so we're back there, and and I walk back, and I, I hold out my hand to, to Gene, and I'm like, "Hey, how's it going?" And he goes, "We don't shake hands. <laughs> we play guitar." And I'm like, "Are you being a dick for real?" And I couldn't tell. So, yeah, but the way he is, I couldn't tell. So we're sitting there, and Paul's just kind of—you could just tell he was just agitated, just weird. And he's like, "I'm like, you okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm just waiting for my massage therapist to come back, and I got I got to work out some kinks." And I'm like. You know, Paul Stanley, right? Who would you expect Paul Stanley's massage therapist would be, right? I'm picturing one of the chicks off of, you know, some MTV video, bikini right. comeback. You know, any anybody in town. You'd think he could get anyone he wanted, right? So we're just sitting there. And all of a sudden you hear the knock at the door. And he goes, oh, there's my massage therapist. So the door opens. And this little, I don't know how to say it right, but this little uh, guy who couldn't even carry the table himself. He's like, hello, Paul. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, what did he crawl inside yeah. him and massage him from his interior? <laughs> and he's like, I'm like, oh no, it's true. <laughs> it's so, so true. Yeah. Sebastian Bach tells a story uh, of he was with Gene Simmons, and uh, Gene says, Sebastian, you want to know how to turn $1 into $1,000? He's like, how do you do that, Gene? He pulls a dollar bill out and fucking signs it. <laughs> Genius. Genius. Paul Genius. Stanley. Google a uh, YouTube. I'm surprised that's not the name of his book. No kidding, huh? Yeah. YouTube Genius. Paul Stanley stage rants. It's the best. I think I've mentioned that on the podcast before. But it's just like an hour of him going, yeah! Oh, yeah! Salt Lake City! <laughs> I, have a, I have a CD. I've, I've, we've listened to it oh, at my yeah, house. Yeah. It's just Paul Stanley introducing Kiss songs. And it's just him coming up going, I 
know a lot of you out there don't like gun violence, but what about if it's my love gun? <laughs> like, he, you think he's going to go somewhere? We like here a, in Kiss are really concerned about people who don't get enough food. We're trying to send food and nutrition to people all over the world who are starving, and hopefully they'll get some in their tummies before they go, and they starve themselves to death, and if it's good enough, hopefully they'll lick it up. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is... Well, that was going somewhere else, Paul. Yeah, he's he's no Bono. No, I mean he tr- he he tries. I, I saw them in '96, yeah. and he comes in. He's like, "Hey, Salt Lake City. When I was flying in, they told me this is a very conservative town." And I said, "Mm-mm, not after the lights go out." <laughs> and then, <laughs> then they broke into whatever song. You can just see you can just see Gene like, Ugh, "Pull." <laughs> what do you think of the current the current Kiss? Whatever it is. Uh, well, I tell you what, they were here last year, and the one thing they did, their stage is still cool. Oh, yeah. They're still, it's still such a cool show. Yeah. My, you know, the worst part is when he's like, how do you want me to come out there and sing for you back there? <laughs> like he's not going to do it, and then right. and, the, and, the, and the swing's hanging there right next to him. I'm not going to get on this thing till you make some noise. <laughs> and then he gets on it, swings back. It, you know, it's just a shell of what they were. You can tell they're well, they not got, moving around much. But they changed up their set. They changed they, did some different songs this last time. And I was I like, no oh, idea. I'd, I'd never heard War Machine live, I don't think. Yeah. It was I lo- cool. I love that all of our, the Paul Stanley voices that were used were basically <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Rock. So. That's who he is. Yeah. But but that but that's a band. Think about they. Those guys started the early 70s. They're still Oh, yeah. I mean... It's still a, sh- it's got, a shell, they got, but they're they got still dudes doing. dressed up as other dudes. Yeah, that's my it's big hang ridiculous. up. It's like ah, come just just stop. Well, there's a question for you. I've always, I always I, I'd love to hear your answer. When does a band stop becoming the band? Yeah, like well, like like we were talking about this uh, with Alice in Chains, where we were talking about. You said it was amazing, and I'm sure it is because they're they're incredible musicians. But do you lose something by not having the truth in Lane Staley? Okay, I'll tell you what. I I 100% believed that. Yeah, 100% believed that. Right. Until I saw Alice in Chains with uh, Jane's Jane's Addiction. Addiction. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there watching. I can't. His name's escaping me right now. Uh, Yeah, I can't remember either. Uh, But he he looks nothing like Lane Staley. William something. He's a black dude. Yeah. So he's up there. Obviously looks nothing like Lane Staley. Big, tall, you know, you know. Does not look like him at all, and he is Lane Staley's. If 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 he's not channeling him, he's somehow there singing through him or whatever it is because it's bizarre. He he doesn't sound exactly like him, but he just nails it to where it doesn't sound like a cover. And and him and Jerry Cantrell's voices just that was one of the best concerts I've seen in years. I was shocked. I was really surprised. And then you know what I did? They're coming in concert like here shortly. And I was like, oh, I'll get tickets. I know Mick and Allen, and I know yes, this people. Yeah, I know right. that. And I call everybody like, we. nobody has tickets. And so I get on KSL. Yeah. They're like 120 bucks. Mm-hmm. So, boo. Yeah. So let's go do some side uh, side street, some side street work, make some money. Let's do it. I'm ready. <laughs> I, I would I would see that band no, but, again. But I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm of the belief that if, if a band, every member is still alive and is still capable and can play, they should be. To me, the fact that Ace Frehley and Peter Chris are not in that band pisses me off every time I see them. What, uh, what, are there any bands out there that you guys would call, you'd say, come on, you're not the band. You don't get credit for being that band. Kiss Kiss has said this. Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons both said Kiss is now a franchise. They're going to leave the band. And there will be a new Paul with and new Gene. Guy, yeah. Like Menudo. They're going to have fucking <laughs> interchangeable people. They said Kiss is going to keep going. So, so, I'm so, like, That's so Gerardo's going to join the band? <laughs> uh, Ricky Martin. <laughs> But in relation to that, so then they're, they're, they're still they're, Panther. Then they're based, they're the metal guys. How about yeah. how about have you have you seen Foreigner? No, Mick Jones is the only guy, and he plays every third show. Yeah, and and their their leads, they're good, and they get credit as Foreigner. Foreigner. Yeah, Mick Mick Jones owns the Foreigner name, and he's just like a boss. He's like, you guys go play this show. He gets the lion's share of the money, and then pays his employees who are the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, a salary and it's like that's for, people still go i saw that i saw them on palladia or whatever that channel well, they is. were out in wendover a couple weeks ago they are Great. about a month ago sold out they sound amazing well yeah because they're probably all 25 and fresh no no, no, <laughs> <laughs> no it's the it's the singer from hurricane which Kelly was Jones. The, the you know in the 80s yeah. so he's he's i mean he's in his 
late forties, I'm guessing. Yeah, I guess uh, it has to be older people or the Jeff illusion. Jeff Pilson from Dawkin. Dawkin. Uh, G- Isn't the drummer Bonham. from Dawkin too? He might be. It used to be Jason Bonham. Jason Bonham used to be. Yeah, he's not in it anymore. But he's not anymore. Yeah. Um, one thing that pissed me off recently, Van Halen says, we're coming to Salt Lake. I'm like, take my money. However, whatever it takes, take it. I'm there. Right. Eddie Van Halen. Ready, waiting for tickets to go on sale. And then they did Fallon. And then they did Ellen. <laughs> and then I'm like, no. You're no, not going now. No, hell no. Hell no. Come one, on. Another thing. Well, the interview came out that that Sam, or that uh, uh, Eddie Van Halen and David Lee Roth don't talk. They hate each other. Yeah. That kind of takes me out. I don't. That you don't have to be buddies, but when you're, when I know you're just up there doing it to go through the motions, I'm removed a little bit. And then, oh, they're terrible. David Roth, David Lee Roth is the worst. He was in when he was the best. He was uh, the best. He was. He was still. He was still off. But like, it's in. It's unlistenable. Google them playing "Jump" on Ellen. And she's like, "I'm back." By the way, jump. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, and, and, are you sure that wasn't Vince Neil? <laughs> <laughs> he, he makes Vince Neil look like Pavarotti. I'm not even shitting you. He, oh no! And, and, he, and not only that is he dances like he's like preening and shit on stage and like yeah. pirouetting. That it's was like, that uh, was the last thing in the in that interview was Eddie was like three of us in this band like rock music. One of us likes dance, dance music. music. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. So and then and then uh, this was funny. I was listening to the Eddie Trunk show on Monday. Uh, and he, he says, okay, I'm going to play, because Van Halen, for whatever reason, Eddie Van Halen even addressed it. They released a live album, and somebody asked Eddie, why would you release a live from the show? And Eddie's like, I, I don't know, Dave. <laughs> he he wanted to do it. So he was probably saying, yeah, I know he sucks, but as Dave wanted to. So they, he played a Van Halen uh, live, like a recent song with David Lee Roth, or a recent performance. The worst, most embarrassing thing I've ever heard. And then he played a live track from Sammy Hagar's new band, which is half of Van Halen. Yeah, uh, with so Michael cool Anthony. Yeah, Michael Anthony and, J- and Jason Bonham and, and and Vic, this other guy. Sammy Hagar is damn near seventy, killed. Yeah, hasn't lost anything whatsoever. And it was just embarrassing to see like David Lee going, and then Sammy killing it, and he's ten years older than him. Did you see the interview with Hagar that came out uh, where he was all pissed off yeah. because um, they were Eddie Van Halen was saying he had to show Michael Anthony what to play? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hagar was pissed. pissed. He's like, "That's all kinds of bullshit." Yeah, he was. I mean, legit pissed off. Who, who's, who do you think is a an underrated band? I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I have a couple. What do you mean, like overall or like newer bands or that older? Just a classic band that got kind of looked over. A lot of people don't. A lot of people think of them as the more than words guys, but Extreme, God, what a good band! Yeah, they had like a funk to them. Yeah, they were. They were. They were. They were that bridge between what glam metal and the Chili Peppers like uplift mofo party plan album was. Mm-hmm. The, it, Chili Peppers went in a weird direction on Blood Sugar Sex Magic, but if you go back to like Uplift Mofo or Mother's Milk, they yeah. were they were kind totally. of a street band that had that kind of. In fact, Uplift Mofo was produced by George Clinton. Of all people, really, yeah, and and so f- like songs like "Fight Like a Brave," they had that kind of loose bass that right. eventually, I think, kind of went one way with suicidal tendencies and another way with extreme, yeah, you know, and then totally. and then like I think that like suicide and that kind of thing bled into what Corn would do in the Bay Area with that bass, that really yeah. loose kind of funk bass. But yeah, you can trace it back. I 100 percent agree with you. I feel like I'm at uh, School of Rock right now, having uh, having a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> you know what actually happened the other day is. Uh, Kicks came to concert. KIX, everybody knows they had, they had like some. I've always liked that band, but I but like I wasn't like into them. I was like, ah, I like those five or six songs of those, whatever I know. Well, they came to play at the at the fundraiser, and you were down there. Yeah. And and Amber texts me. She says, "Hey, you coming to see Kicks?" I'm like, I just live down the road, so I'm like, eh, why not? I'll go. Whatever. I'll go see these guys. It'll be entertaining. Whatever. Maybe. Maybe because that dude sings high as shit, and he's got that like. That Bon Scotty mm-hmm. voice that's Long clear legged up there. Rosie from <laughs> Baltimore. So I wasn't expecting anything. I show up <laughs> and <laughs> did you know Marcus is dying? I think Marcus just peed himself. What just happened? The fact that you guys did that like <laughs> jinx you owe each other coats now <laughs> was insane. <laughs> Oh, go well, on. Dude comes out. We were out. at the show together. Yeah. We held hands and skipped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we held our lighters up during Don't Close Your Eyes. We did. Uh, he killed. 
He he didn't miss anything. But this was what we noticed. Uh, he kept talking between between songs, and I'm like, Alan, that guy's got the worst lisp I've ever heard in my life. Major, like super, like everything, like it didn't sound like you know, like he was being like feminine or anything. He just have a speech impediment. So I was like, that's really weird. So then I went back and I listened to Kicks albums. Uh, like I went and listened to him. Totally can hear it yeah. in every song. Like, yeah, and he would and he would get up there, and you would think that a guy like that wouldn't call attention to it, but he would, you know, he used talk, a lot of s words. A lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wouldn't have named my band. Fell, fell by the <laughs> here in Salt Lake City. <laughs> hey, can we name our band Kicks? Maybe something else. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe my favorite line. He was up there, and he goes, "Does anybody else out out there put peanut butter on their dick and let their dog lick it off?" <laughs> Every lead singer. Then he, then he thinks, looks at me and goes, "Me neither. That's fucked up." Thinks they're a comedian. <laughs> it's like nobody it's said true. anything. They were looking at him like, "I think he really does." <laughs> yes. Well, because he's kind of a weird looking dude anyway. So they might they might have thought. But yeah, every every lead singer wishes he could be a comedian. Every comedian wishes he could be a lead singer. Yeah. Rock star, one or the other. The worst part about that thing is that he was like actually trying to get the crowd into it. And backstage, there was a, de- a dejected dog and a guy holding peanut butter. Like, we're not doing this. Like, cut that. <laughs> this is not going on stage. Okay. <laughs> They're not into it. Oops. <laughs> that thing kills it in the East Coast. <laughs> Good thing I didn't think for Thistler Christian. <laughs> but, but you know, and, and you bring, I don't know if that was one of your bands that you thought was underrated, but yeah. there were so many. The other day we were just talking about this, about how if you listen to, I mean, other than if you, if you go to Hair Nation or something on satellite, like in our city, it's like that era of music doesn't exist it's, it's like it disappeared and i'm like how did that happen where where did that happen i mean the station i work uh, at doesn't play we i mean if we throw one in it's like every once in a while you know it's like a it's special like, hair or something. so we were just in there and we we started pulling the you know because we still have all the cds that that are in there and we started playing some of these bands and we're like oh my gosh some of these songs were awesome and the singers were all amazing singers and the guitarists were like all virtuoso oh, yeah. guitarists and you're like it almost got to the point where the music was so intricate and so you know what i mean so yeah. good that it was like okay this we can't they keep, had to dumb we can't keep going and that's where grunge came in and, and just was like let's down. be as bad as we possibly it, can it and it'll be good yeah like i mm-hmm. i know my hair i know my c-list hair metal bands i'll talk kick tracy with people right i'll talk shotgun messiah with people right but like i realized that that had to be killed it was great music but it got out of hand when bands like pretty boy floyd came along you're just like come on <laughs> Yeah. When something becomes anything, really, so it becomes aware of itself, and then it becomes a caricature. Right. It's like you go, grunge was that way. Um, when you go, these guys aren't wearing flannel because they're trying to wear flannel. That was just they threw shit on and went, we don't fucking care. Right. And we and everybody went, that's what we do. And pretty soon it's on the runways. And the same thing with hair metal. People went out there and they went, guys, let's try to be as crazy as we can. And then everybody went, that's what you do. And it became like you said, this caricature of itself. And then you got to put you yeah. got to put it down. It's the same. It happens with everything. About every ten years or so, it's like. People who are 20 are so worried about uh, about their world. They should really be worried about 10-year-olds because they're the people who are going to come along in 10 years and fuck their lives up and go, <laughs> everything you guys like is stupid. Everything you guys wear is dumb. Your music's terrible. Your fashion's stupid. Right now, all these people who think they're cool, look at your younger brothers and sisters who are looking at you going, oh, fuck off, Scott. I don't give a shit about your stupid beard and your dumb fucking haircut and your tight jeans. And he's he's listening to fucking and Dre. Mun. Right, and they're and and they're going back, you know, a, the, a proper amount of gender that you know, and so it's like it it, it all recycles and it, it just kind of kind of refolds back into the to the curriculum of our lives. I saw an interview with George Lynch one time from Dawkin, and they were talking about like the the grunge thing that came along and cured hell, killed hair metal. Like, what do you think of that? He's like, well, it put me out of a job, but it needed to happen. You seen our videos? Jesus Christ, this is terrible. Yeah. You, you <laughs> go watch exactly. some of that metal mania, and you go, oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's metal. probably best you when know. Metal mania is the best thing ever, ever. At, like ever. one in the morning on VH1, where they just show the worst yes. videos ever, yeah. like like an obscure ass fucking scorpions video where they're shirtless and uh, Dude, i like the docking video they did for uh nightmare on elm street 3 dream yes. warriors totally dream warriors. and who was yeah. the chick it was the what's her name uh arquette 
Yeah, not Rosanna, Patricia but uh, Patricia Arquette. Arquette. Yeah, I mean, I mean Freddie's in the great, video. Like, great ah. actress of our time now, and she was the girl in, yeah, in that movie. Yeah, it's so funny. You know who's a good uh, a good example, though, of being able to take what it was? Because you go back and you see, eh, I guess he wasn't necessarily in, in pink and spandex and whatever else, but go back and look at Zach Wilde when he was oh, yeah. in Ozzy. And the skinny guy he was, and the bell bottoms, and, 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 and he yeah. was still he was still cool because you know. But but look at where he was then to where he is now. And it's monster. like holy cow! He's, he's and he's well, and he's almost created his own genre of music right. where it's this, and he's got this this following, and it's just a, I mean Same his thing. own you know what I mean. To me, that's genius. To he's what my he number did. one dude. He's the guy. That was the first concert I ever went to. Was the No More Tears concert. Zach Wilde looked so cool with his Les Paul and his bell bottoms, mm-hmm. shirtless, and then, and then and that, so Les I grew Paul, up like hanging at his ankles. Yep, I grew up <laughs> loving this guy, and I've been on board with him the whole time. Yeah, and then now I've met him three times, uh, uh, and now it's kind of like Zach. I still love you. You're awesome, but I can stop pretending to be part of your cute little biker gang. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I can, I can, I'm, I'm good. Like I, all right, it's closure. Yeah. Good but, job. But I'll tell you what, when you go to a, a Zach, like we just went to the Zach Wild show, what was it? Two months ago at the, yeah, yeah. At I, the w- I, I uh, had backstage at that. It is a completely different crowd than any other show you go to. Right. Yeah. They all look like Zach Wild. It's a, it's a room full of long haired dudes with beards. Sons of anarchy. And, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, kind of, but it's just like, I don't think they're really all biker guys, no. but it's just, it's, that guy. And you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, everybody knows that guy, but a room full of all of that guy. Yeah. He's, and you're he's, like, wow. What he's a got a crap. presence to him. Like, if, if you yeah. didn't know who he was and he walked in a room, you'd be like, that's somebody. Yeah. That guy, because that guy, he's just like, he's like 6'4", probably 260, just retarded muscles and a beard down to his nuts. And you're like, this guy doesn't fucking work on cars. This yeah, guy. he doesn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> this dude or does he's something. a chef. Yeah, or, he's, or he beats his wife at the trailer. But, but that guy is an ultimate professional. Yeah, oh, Ultimate yeah. professional. He came in our studio once and walked in, and uh, he, he just came in, and, and, and actually it was a funny story, because Paul, uh, what's his name, uh, the, the writer of the Christmas box, Richard Paul Evans. Oh, wow. It's right about that time. So Richard Paul Evans is in our studio, and he's uh, you know just talking about his new book that came out. I can't remember what it was. And then, and we That's had Mormon-related, isn't and, it? Not necessarily, not necessarily. Uh, oh, I'm thinking of the Lost Carols. Uh, never mind. Okay, yeah. go on. Yeah, so he wrote that book, and he's written a lot of other books, and he's a, I mean, a million-selling art, uh, uh, author, and and so he's there, and and actually we had him listening to something on headphones, and right when Zach walks in, he's like, "Hey, motherfuckers, yeah, we do." Every word was fuck, and and I mean, and just disgusting. I mean, you know how he is. He just came hey, in. Hey, Father Allen's good to be here. Yeah, exactly, and was just talking, and I mean, and 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 Richard was just listening to the headphones. He didn't hear any of it. And and then I'm like Richard, this is uh, Zach, and he's like he shook his hand. He goes, "Very nice to meet you." And right when the lights went on to go on the air, he didn't he didn't swear once. He everything was perfectly. I mean, you know, he's he's very funny, but it's just yeah, he's so how do you funny. Do that? It was literally every other word was mother. You know, I mean, it was just like, and then boom, yeah, nothing. Turn it off. Yeah, he's such a funny dude. I I've spent crazy. hours googling googling interviews with Zach Wild uh, just to hear him talk and the shit he says. He's a funny dude. Yeah, he is. But uh, yeah, he got he got thrown into Ozzy's band when he was nineteen. Hmm. I can't even fathom like, hey, hey, you just moved out of your mom's. Now you're on stage at Wembley. I mean, fucking yeah. But I don't know. He's not the first by any stretch. Ozzy Ozzy keeps getting those young guitar players. He's got one now. It's like I can't remember how old he is, but he's he's much younger. Actually, booted Zach. I think Zach got a little too drunk for uh for Ozzy maybe. But Kevin Kirk, the owner of the heavy metal shop, tells a story about how. He Zach's like when Black Black Label Society first started. Zach went in there, and they were doing a signing, and they couldn't find him. And they look across the street, and Zach Wilde's like on a curb, drunk as shit, with a fucking <laughs> Carl's Jr. hamburger, <laughs> like hanging in his beard and stuff. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, that was that was in his drinking days, man. But uh, no, there's there's been a lot of the old bands that have come through town that are that are that are still great. Judas Priest. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you have you ever seen oh, them live? No. And I'll tell you what, did you go I mean, to the, the, yeah, did you go to the show with the, with the new album? Yeah. And if yeah. you want to hear, you know, you think of a band, you're like, okay, they've been around forever. And you know how most new bands or old bands, they put a new album out and you're like, okay, this new album, it's so I put metal. it up there with any Judas Priest album that ever came out. I mean, they brought their new guitarist in after KK left the band. Right. And I think he just lit a fire, under, lit their a fire under their ass and they all went, holy cow, we can still do this. Yeah. And it's good. And, and Rob Halford be, he's. He he looked like uh, uh, a little 
physically a little a little held back, like he couldn't run. I know he's had some back surgeries and stuff. Yeah, but vocally, he has better than ever. Anything. Speaking of which, though, I did go see, and I think you were there. I think you were there. I think we all were there. The Iron Maiden, la- uh, the oh. Iron Maiden. I, I was going to say the Iron Maiden concert, but Iron Maiden last time they were here. Yeah, it was ridiculous. That dude. Speaking of a guy who hasn't missed a step, he's no. a f- he's a phenom. Every every note. Running around the whole time, waving a flag. They've got a guy in stilts on a walking around as Eddie, and they, I mean, and the way they did their show, they played everything you wanted to hear, mm-hmm. back to back to back. Here's another one, yeah! And you're like, oh my god! And yeah. then, then they were like, they take a break, and then we're gonna, right, we're gonna play some new stuff. So anybody who needs to get home to their kids, <laughs> yeah. you can bounce. Right. Thanks. And See you're like, now we're gonna do just Power Slave uh, for the whole album. It's the seventh it's son of a seventh son. That's album. what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how true it is, but I've heard rumors that Bruce Dickinson trains for concerts. He will. It was either I can't remember if it was jogging or rollerblading, but he will do laps around the venue and singing at full volume. Like, like wow, really? Yeah. And he, and he's a semi-professional fencer, and he's a professional airline pilot, and a, he cured cancer. Right. If, if, you, <laughs> if people out there haven't seen that document, Flight 666, where it's basically they load up the plane and Bruce flies them on their world tour, it's the most amazing thing you've yeah. ever seen. He just lands the plane and then runs to the stage. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's just their, their roadies, everybody. Like, what an awesome... Yeah. And it's the, it's the original. Like, those guys are still there. They're still as good as ever. They're still mm-hmm. setting the bar. I mean, quite frankly, I would say there's well, and and, and so beloved, and and I mean, I don't care where they go, South America, South Europe, America, they're Japan, the Beatles. They, yeah, I mean, uh, they rock go to, and Rio. I mean, you go back to ridiculous. Rio, I mean, yeah, there's yeah. millions of people go to their shows. That's yeah, crazy. You've never when you see those those shots of them in South America on, mm-hmm. on stage, and you look out and you see that ocean of people, and you go, this isn't for. This isn't for the music festival that where right. they're seeing thirty bands. This is for the Iron they Maiden came show. just for Iron Maiden right, to right. just see this, and they spent all the money they've ever made. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, yep. There's yeah. people, and they're like, "We we walked seven hours to be here," and you're like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, in some yes. weird ass country, some Colombian. Yeah, coming out of the jungles, and they know every word. Every yeah. word. They yeah. might not speak English, but run to. They're singing every word. It's amazing. Yeah, one of my favorite piss my pants moments was uh, one of my. I think it was the first year I was in radio. I mean, it was either ninety one or ninety two. I got to drive the uh, the the K Bear IROC to uh, <laughs> the 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 Salt Palace because Iron Maiden was playing. I park it out front. We get to go in, and we had done this contest where ten winners got to go on stage and sing with Iron Maiden. So wow. we got to go up on stage, and we're standing there, and there's a mic, and we're all standing around it. Oh! Yeah. And, and I'm just like, I don't know if I did. I think, luckily, I wore a long shirt, or I, I tied my flannel around my, because I, I seriously, I know I peed my pants. It was amazing. I, w- I want to have the trooper as exit music on this uh, show. Amazing. <laughs> I, got to sing, I got to sing with Slaughter, not as cool. That's pretty cool. Although, though. you know what? When I was, when I was in uh, high school, I went and saw Naughty by Nature out at the fairgrounds. Yeah? And I knew, I knew every word. I mean, e- literally every word to every song. And every time they looked down, I was right there. In the front row, a little white kid wearing, like, I swear I wore, like, Eddie Bauer uh, shirt and, like, some <laughs> jean shorts. I'm fairly certain I had, timber, like, like Birkenstocks on or something. I don't even, I, I was I, I completely out of place. And, but they kept putting the mic down to me because I knew every word. And the last song was Hip Hop Parade, and I was, hey. And they, the guy put the, the mic down to me again. I was like, right on. And I, I people were high-fiving me. And, and then... Tretch, the lead singer, grabs my hand and pulls me on stage and hands me the mic. No and way. I got to do the hip hop parade on stage. Seventeen years old, white kid. And then it was the last song. We all went back and and they came out and they they both came up to me. I'll never forget this. And they looked at me and they said, "Hey, man." It was amazing to see you know our music like that. I, we both wanted to thank you for for knowing and and caring about our music enough to know every word. And I wow. was like, "Are you kidding me?" It was the most amazing, mind blowing thing for me because they had no reason to do that or say that, and it was awesome. I, That's I, I've never cool. forgotten cool. how cool those dudes were. That's for that. very cool. By the way, we were we were talking about, uh, or I think I saw it on the news too. They were talking about the the moments in in music that that changed the world the most, right? And they were saying that the first one was the British invasion. You know, oh, yeah. Beatles. Absolutely. The second one was '80s, uh, like uh, synth music, like Eurythmics, that kind of stuff. Sure. And but the one that has changed music and the world the most is hip hop, right? That, I believe, that, I believe that, it. That, that it. You know, started as this this uh, I don't know, you know want to want to call it, but but kind of a urban 
urban thing, and, and, and you know, people who lived in those areas, that was their music, but it, it expanded and exploded, and you are a perfect example that mm-hmm. they're going, wow, look look at this. Yeah. White yeah. King White Salt Lake City Utah. knows every word every to word. our songs, and it's like, I mean, I'm sure that was their aha moment, like, wow, yeah, we, we, we've crossed over. Yeah, we yeah, made it. You know, and it's true. I think, you know, and I don't care what, what genre of music you look at, there's that influence now. There's, and, and, oh, I'm sorry, I no, didn't mean to tell you. I was just going to say, and hip-hop did it from... It, it was more grassroots than anything because y- you had dudes that were like literally making their making their own beats, making their own tapes, selling them out of their trunk, you know, trying to get street, you know, street recognition before they could even get out. I mean, you look at all those bands. I mean, if it, it you know, they they had they had been around hustling before Straight Outta Compton came out. They yeah. had been around hustling before they they had been on the streets doing this music forever. And so it well, and not yeah. and not just literally writing lyrics like we were talking with Zombie, where it's like here's my formula, here's my right. it's it's they're writing poetry. They're sitting stories. there writing stories and poetry, and then it's broken glass it, everywhere. People pissing on the steps. He said, just don't care. It's like that's what he saw. And right. somebody yeah. somebody in the eighties yeah. asked Axl Rose. Like you guys are the real deal, man. All the, all these hair metal bands, but you guys are the real deal. You're from the streets. You guys are the real tough guys. And Axl Rose is like, no, NWA, that's the fucking yeah. because they they came out with fuck the police, and it wasn't like a has that anti- movie come out yet? August uh, is it August? I saw the yeah. previews for that the other day. And that oh, that NWA good. movie looks amazing. It looks so yeah, good. But it really does. You can tell how pissed they are and how much they mean it because they were in Compton. It wasn't like they were just like, oh, cops. Yeah. No, they were getting their ass kicked by cops for no reason in that and even the LA police since then have come out and said, Yeah, we were Well super isn't it crazy? I mean, think about the the dialogue, the everything they started then that is still right. going on now. And it's just mm-hmm. like you'd think that after that many years of that many songs and that many things brought to light that it would but it's just like every day in the news and you're like, Wow. When you, we're living their songs still. When yeah, you heard everywhere. When you heard fuck the police, you know, and I think I think that's something to be said. When I heard when I heard "fuck the police," I was twelve, eleven or twelve. Honestly, I was in elementary school. I had the tape. Same here. It was that and "Easy Does It." I had those two tapes. I had the tapes, but I had a different label on them, so, so that my mom, mom couldn't see. Yeah, I accidentally left "Easy Does It" in my dad's Walkman one time. <laughs> um, Walk around the stage and I'm grabbing on my dick. And my dad's like, "What is this?" And I'm like, "Somebody left it in there." That, somebody came in. <laughs> but when I stole heard your that, stuff and put it in there, I had no. No sense of of I guess uh, co- connection with that. It was music, and I was like, "Yeah, there." All right, I get it. And then I saw the riots, and I kind of understood. Mm-hmm. But now we're at a point where that kind of behavior is being put on Facebook every day. Somebody being shot, somebody being killed or tased. And I'm not saying you know it's all cops, but I'm saying that kind of mentality that's out there. That those guys, like you said, we're talking about 25, 30 years ago is now it's it's left their area and it's taken over every Everywhere. area area. Yeah. You know, people are getting shot in our backyard. People yeah. are people are being shot at, at stores I've been to. Yeah. It was and, it was a, a a revelation or a revolution, I don't know what the word I want to use, but but that was pretty much it. And I think NWA and Public Enemy changed everything. The one clear like transformation I remember seeing was from metal to grunge. Mm-hmm. That's the one I remember. Seventh grade, everybody's like, it was the tail end of the hair metal band, so it was like the shitty ones. Everybody's like, Warrant and Firehouse, <laughs> and then the next day, everybody was wearing boots, mm-hmm. and, right? And, yeah. and well, flannel. ninety to ninety two, it was like you had Appetite for Destruction. Yeah, you had that first Skid Row album. Yeah, and well, you, Appetite was earlier, eighty nine. Appetite was eighty seven. Uh, Use Your Illusions were ninety. That's right. That's right. But you had those kind of like the darker end of metal, like where it was starting, like you said, to get stripped down. It was starting mm-hmm. to get tougher. And then there was that that moment when it was that year that Poison mm-hmm. and Nirvana were on the MTV Music Awards at the same time. And you yeah. went, that's... Changing of the guard. That's weird. And yeah. it was the year that, that he was... CC was... DeVille was horrible. Right. Couldn't play... Played the that, wrong song. Wait, that one year? <laughs> what are you talking about? But they, the I think he's an underrated guitarist. So I think he's actually really but good. But then you saw it, and then it was just a matter of time. And to be fair, that explosion, and we've talked about this. You put, you put Nevermind, you put Bad Motorfinger, you put Ten, 
you put, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, undertow. You put any of facelift. those facelift. You put any of those side by side, and you play them. None of them are the same. Not one of them is the same uh, genre of music as right? the next. True. Not one of them is the is. I mean, Soundgarden was a sonic. In, insane band that that went in places. Pearl Jam was that straightforward rock anthem. You know, Nirvana was a punk band. Uh, Alice in Chains was. Uh, they were metal. I don't care what they anybody were, says. They, they were metal. metal. They were they were kind of like sludge metal almost. Yeah, they weren't pretty. Yeah. so they didn't get labeled metal. But they listen to what's the first song on Facelift? We uh, die young. We die. God damn, that's tough. Yeah, we die. And it's that song gives me chills. That song that they did, and that's probably why to me they still have transcended. The that singer movement yeah. and right. that singer the, the whole grunge and, thing. and the whole grunge thing and they are still badass Pearl metal Jam. now. So's Pearl Jam. I mean, they're still making it. So I mean, look at that. So's Tool. So's Soundgarden just put out a new album. Chris Cornell's put out so many different albums, yeah. and I mean, been with multiple bands. It, it's it's fair to say that we were right. Like I, I know that like people like to brag about their music, but my my favorite bands are still around making killer they're music. So fuck you. I, I think. <laughs> The best 90s band, in my opinion, wasn't labeled a 90s band, and that's Pantera. I don't think oh, that's man. The, the greatest. I was going to say, when you were talking about bands that had transitioned, because their first couple albums were very hair, kind of glam. The yeah. first three that they released. Yeah. Un, un, uh, they wanted to be Kiss. Yeah, they had big hair, and they had a different yeah. singer. They had a Terry Glaze was their singer, and they had like the hair, and the... <laughs> Yeah, and, and then, then they got Phil Anselmo. Changed the world. Changed everything. Changed the world, and he's the reason still to me. And I'm sure there's probably somebody else that I don't know about, but he's the reason we're st- we still have the the Cookie Monster, the the you know the Lamb of God guys. The, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, uh, you and, can and, draw and, a direct line from from vulgar display. He and, was the and one who changed driven. it because he still sang on that, but then got into that stuff yeah. that you're like, yeah. wait, what is that? Nobody, yeah. I've never heard that before. There's songs on Far Beyond Driven where he straight up just, Rushy, Rushy. but yeah. then the next song he would sing, mm-hmm. sing, and he's Cemetery got a great, Gates, and he's singing Cemetery these high Gates, voices. Right. It's just, oh, wow, he's amazing! But yeah. that, that band was my all like throughout the '90s from Vulgar Display, which was their second major release album. I got Cowboys from Hell later, but though the the albums they released, those what was there for? There was Cowboys, uh, Vulgar. Far Beyond Driven, Southern Five, Great, Great Southern Trend Great Southern Kill, Southern Trend Kill uh, Reinventing the Steel. Oh, Reinventing the Steel. All of those albums, two clunkers. There's two clunkers on Cowboys from Hell. That's it. The rest are just solid, no bullshit, riff heavy. Five mm-hmm. Minutes Alone is still one of the best, toughest. Oh, yeah. I can't, there's, I strike the waters. Oh, God. There, You, you like want to fight somebody. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like, because uh, I think a lot of the, the metal now has gotten away where it's just speed and and angst mm-hmm. pantera had a groove you could still mm-hmm. like tap your foot to it and 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 bob your head even if you weren't into that kind of music yeah. any i don't care who you are if you've never heard pantera uh youtube the song walk you will like it you will you will tap your toe yeah. you, or if you'll punch your mother in the face because it's so pissed it's just got that pantera groove and god damn it uh, doesn't it yeah, doesn't it make so you good. wonder I mean, I, you, I mean, you can look at a lot of the the, the guitar gods that we lost, mm-hmm. you know, Hendrix, and 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 I look at Dimebag, and it's like, doesn't it make you wonder? Okay, where would they be now? Yes. What would they be doing right. now? And yes. the sad and the sad part is, I look at it and go, they'd be Eddie Van Halen. They'd be angry. They'd be this angry guy that can't get along with anybody. I'm like, no, I hope not. Is I that just not. him? You I don't know think I mean? Dimebag could. Dimebag. I've watched enough of their home videos and read enough. Dimebag was just the most mellow, easygoing dude ever. I don't think they would have been that. I think they probably would have eventually gotten back together. And put out some albums that 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 would just totally kick ass. I mean, that it, goes without. It saying. would have been interesting to hear what like Dimebag would have and see and and you kind of go, okay, well, would one have begat the other? Like if Dimebag hadn't stopped, would Lamb of God? Would these bands be where they were? Would or or would they have been influenced by something else that he would have done? Mm. Would he have done something else that would have changed things? Or would he have set stepped back and then gone, okay, what would Dime have done if he would have heard Ashes of the Wake? If he would have heard As the Palace is Burned? If he well, they, would have they heard they did the- cross over a little bit. Uh, 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 as the or Ashes, uh, Ashes of the Wake came out in two thousand four, Dimebag died shortly. After it was released, they did tour, I believe. Did they really? Yeah. yeah. See, I know I didn't know that. But it was when Alice, or it was when uh, uh, Lamb of God was kind of, you know, coming up. Still, uh, they did they did cross pa- cross paths um, eventually. But I what what I hate is is this. 
Dimebag got killed in 2004 after he and his brother Vinny had released Damage Plan, which, mm-hmm. was, which sucked. Right. It was they they went out on the biggest like because yeah. I, I tried to like it because it was Diamond Vinny, so I'm like oh, and I listened to it a million times, and I was like. God. Well, I think that's why. Have you been to any metal shows where where uh, Vinny's is it Vinny's wife or is it Dime's, Dime's wife? wife Rita and she yeah it's Rita and yeah. she's out you know selling the hats and selling the things and she's there and you can actually go talk to her and yeah uh, I mean she's been at Usana out there and and she the has her own little lot. booth and she's I mean she goes to metal shows and still and it's like and I think that's why. Because that's how it ended. It's like, that's not how it was supposed to end. You know yeah. what I mean? It wasn't supposed to end there. I'm with you. It's, it was supposed to have all gotten back together and bam, you're back at stadiums. You're not playing the shithole in Texas that he got shot in. It's like, that shouldn't have happened. Cincinnati, uh, I think. Was it Cincinnati? Yeah, yeah, yeah Cincinnati right. in, a, in, a, in a fucking bar. Yeah, the place was a dump. And the singer, this is this well, probably of... the reason why it, was, it, why it happened. Yeah. Because no it was security, a, no security, be- back door that you can walk in. Before he died, Dimebag was talking to the singer who used to be the guitar player in Rob Halford's band. I can't remember his name. Um, of Damage Plan? Yeah. The Damage mm. Plan singer uh, used to play guitar for Halford, but I guess he was being a douchebag to, to Dimebag one time. Actually, Rita said this. Okay. She said this in an interview. And she and Dimebag told him, he said, hey, if I wanted to deal with the fuck face of a singer, I'd hire Phil and we wouldn't be playing these shithole bars in Cincinnati. Wow. <laughs> That's like that 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 sticks. Yeah, really sticks. But as far as 90s bands go, that's that's my 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 all-time favorite island band. Yeah. That's not Pink Floyd would be would be Pantera cuz they're they're turds, but you as far as island band goes, I don't know if I could listen to Pantera 24/7. I could listen to Pink Floyd 24/7. Who's your island band? Like the one you just put on when you have if, nothing if else. If you to... were stranded on an island and only oh, had okay. one band's catalog, wow, mine would be Pink Floyd. Really, mm-hmm. man, that's 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 a tough one to be you'd, put you'd, on the you'd, spot. So you'd like to sleep a lot, is what you're saying? <laughs> ah, <laughs> uh, no, I'd like to listen to the best guitar playing ever. Just kidding. <laughs> just heard it. I've just heard it way too much. Really? Well, yeah, you've been you've been in the in the, in the I've been radio. in the industry playing. I think those same songs for 25 years. So, well, that's the problem is they play money and they play the wall and they play comfortably numb. And then you're just like, uh huh. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, that's that's my island band, uh, Pink Floyd. Mark, I don't. I don't know that like, I can. I don't know that I would have one because, I, like, to me, music is based on emotions. Yeah, and so what, what you're feeling right then would probably be d- like hopeless despair. So I don't know, <laughs> Taylor Swift. That's pretty <laughs> hopeless. Hope, hoping to end it. Just yeah, just like no. I I don't know. I mean, there. Okay, uh, let's say this. God. Who's your favorite band of all time? Ooh. If you had to say one, I, I, that is so hard. I'm so with you, but I'm. I I don't know. I. Uh, I don't know. I you know what? Maybe maybe Soundgarden because of what it what it begat and 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 Cornell's probably my favorite vocalist. Did I ever and- tell you that story when we talked to Chris Cornell and we were talking to him and I was like, Chris, you are you know? I mean, you are this singer. You are this guy that that it's like that voice. It's like that voice. Nobody else has that voice and that those those sounds you make and the, the the screams you've done and it's like that's awesome. He goes, I he goes, I was I was never the singer. Yeah, he was a guitar player. Well, no, he said, I go, I go, wait a minute, you weren't the singer? He goes, no, I was the drummer. That's right, that's right. He goes, I was the drummer. And he goes, and I'd always be like, why can't you guys sing? <laughs> he goes, I'm back here drumming, and I'm listening to all my singers going, what is the deal? So he stopped drumming and sang. How about that? Isn't I'm that the best crazy? ever. crazy? Oh, my God. <laughs> I was and like, that still, is ridiculous. He's, he's still great. He's got a, a new solo album coming out. He, he can sit on stage with an acoustic guitar, sing songs from every band he's ever been in, and they're still fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go with that because... He hasn't lost a step. And and you know what? He follows me on Twitter, and it's one of my greatest accomplishments in life. <laughs> I don't even care. Really? Uh, yeah, like, he, he started... He follows like 400 people. He has like 2 million followers. I'm one of them. I don't know why. Weird. It's, it's amazing. That's awesome. I love it. Don't stop. That's... <laughs> <laughs> don't stop, Chris. Don't stop. If you hear this, don't stop. Don't think it's a fluke. That's I love freaking you. Awesome. We got to wrap up. So and I got I'm, Pink Floyd. You got Soundgarden. And what, Alan? Just, I guess I would have to say, I mean, oh, man, I don't know. I'll just throw out Judas Priest from, from early Priest to Ooh. now. Okay. Yeah. Rock I mean, I could, I could, you could listen to music for all day. And one and one quick story before before Let's we go. It, uh, it kind of goes back to the, uh, the NWA and the, the song Fuck the Police. Uh, saw, and I don't know, it was a, just a meme somebody had made. But it was a picture of Sting. <laughs> it was a picture of Sting wearing a t-shirt that said, fuck NWA. <laughs> <laughs>
That is perfect. Yeah. That's the Dirt Pod Podcast, Episode 5. Thank you, Alan Handy. Thank you, Marcus. We will see you guys uh, next episode. Yeah.